Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Gift card from 97.3 The Fan and our latest radio.com download and listen contest going on now until September 7th. Download the radio.com app. Favorite 97.3 The Fan and press play for your chance to win a $1,000 Living Spaces gift card. Go to the contest page on 97.3 The Fan, sd.com for details and celebrate life's moments in a home you love. Shop at Living Spaces. Uh, we're going to get out to the calls, but uh, just want to restate. Mike Clevenger yesterday making his Padre debut. little surprised that Padre fans have not uh, come clamoring to talk about it. Uh, was it great? No. Was it good? Not bad. Not bad at all. I mean, he ended up going six innings, giving up seven hits, two earned runs. And like I said earlier, normal uh, day for the Padres, six innings, two runs, you're probably going to win a ball game. He walked one yesterday, struck out two. Record now in the year between uh, Cleveland and San Diego, one and two. His ERA went down a little bit yesterday, down to 3.14. He'll be much better uh, next time out. Padres have their work cut out for him, I think, this weekend, though, up in Oakland. I mean, Oakland's a good, good baseball team, and they know how to win games late, like the Padres. So uh, we'll uh, we'll see about that. Um, let's get back to the phones. Let's get out and uh, uh, get to uh, Greg and Rancher Bernardo. Greg, you're on with Coach John Cantera on 97.3 The Fan. How are you? Oh, you know what? I think we lost him. Well, I'll tell you, the connections today have been absolutely crazy haven't they Braden? yeah it's been uh frustrating <laughs> ah, you know i'm an old veteran i don't get too frustrated we got anybody else that wants to chime in right now bobby and eastlake's ready to go bobby what's going on man hey how's it going guys? hey bobby welcome how are you my friend good good coach long time no speak yeah how's things going down there it's hot. It's a hot one today. Yeah, going to be hotter this weekend, I hear. Uh, triple digits. But anyways, Coach, so, yeah, I'm not mad. It's uh, Clevenger with two runs. Padre should do better than that. So uh, you can't be mad at him. He kept everyone under two runs. It's, uh, it's unusual for the Padres not to score any runs now that we, we see how they play. So we should expect better from their hitters, not the pitcher now. Hey, Bobby, let me ask you this. I mean, you watch all the games, listen to all the games. What do you think about moving Tatis back to the leadoff spot? Because Grisham's really struggling right now. Uh, it might spark it. Uh, you know how it, whenever you change the lineup, it's, uh, it changes the, the batter's mentality. Because Tatis, he hasn't been hitting as well either. So that might also help him push the the hitting streak to start again so 
and maybe changing Grisham towards the back and not putting all that pressure for him at the beginning of the game could also release some stress on him. Yeah, I mean, Tatis is still hanging in there, one for four yesterday with a strikeout, hitting 305. Um, you know, he'll, he'll get it going again. Sometimes I, I watch Bobby, his swing gets a little bit long, and, and they're really, all these teams now got the scouting report on him. They're all trying to throw him inside and tie him up right now. So he's going to have to shorten that swing up a little bit as he goes. Yeah, you, you can see how everyone's getting a scouting report. He, he was so new to the league that they were still trying to find out how to attack him, but I guess now that they've seen him for a while, they know where his sweet spot is, and they're going to go somewhere else. Well, we'll see where it goes. Hey, uh, have a great weekend. You're barbecuing this weekend? Uh, I got my big green egg. I'm going to put a brisket in there tonight. Should be ready by tomorrow. boy. Hey, uh, thanks so much. We'll be back on the air Tuesday. We get Monday off, but we'll be here Tuesday. I'll be off Monday, Coach. See you Tuesday. All right, my friend. Always appreciate Bobby and Eastlake, who now, from what he told me last time, has moved down to uh, Otai and uh, is right down the road there. I know that area very well. Broadcast a lot of games down there uh, at Eastlake High School basketball and spent a lot of time down there watching that great baseball program that Dave Gallegos has down there. Boy, that, that Eastlake Titan baseball team, they, they keep developing player after player after player down there. Uh, our phone number, love to hear from you today, 833 833-288-0973, 833-288. 0973. Hey, Braden, how are you going to divide your time this weekend? There are so many great sports, and the one thing we haven't even mentioned, tomorrow people have forgot about it, but the 146 running of the Kentucky Derby tomorrow afternoon at 4 o'clock. That's right. I'm going to have to tune in just for a brief moment just to see if Tis the Law is able to uh, win that after winning the Belmont Stakes earlier uh, in the uh, year. But uh I don't know. I got a lot of college football to watch. I got, um, you know, Padres baseball to watch, of course. A big weekend series against the A's. I got uh, playoff hockey on. You got playoff basketball. NASCAR starts their playoffs this weekend. Uh, a little bit of a bummer that uh, you don't get uh, Jimmy Johnson in the playoff race. And uh, but yeah. uh, you got a lot of different, uh, a lot of different sporting events to go going on this weekend. And then of course we got uh, 23 college football games next weekend from Thursday to Saturday. So. Full go of football, and uh, the NFL starts next weekend, too. Uh, next Thursday, Texans and Chiefs will be kicking off. we got a lot more sports coming back. It's fun to see. What do you think it's going to look like in an NFL stadium? You know, I was trying to think. My neighbor yesterday, when I got out of my car after the show, I ran up to the store, and I came back, and I got out. He goes, hey, does the NFL open up next week? I go, yeah, it'll open next Thursday night. It's Houston against Kansas City. He goes, what's that going to look like? And I was trying to think of the days of the old USFL back in the early 80s. And they used to, whenever they would go to punt formation, they would never have the, the, the wide view. They would always shoot a punt formation and field goal attempts from behind the kicker, especially punts, because when that ball would go up, uh, they didn't want uh, people to see all the empty seats. I wonder how all these stations are going to cover that. Yeah, we'll see uh, how it goes. The, the college football game I watched last night had fans in the stands. Uh, Southern Miss allowed fans in the stands, and uh, I didn't say it looked packed, but uh, they filled out uh, the majority of the stadium, and what they did was they sold tickets per section, and 
All you had to do is uh, you couldn't sit next to somebody that wasn't in your household. And once you got in the stadium, you could take your mask off. So uh, a game last night looked like a pretty normal game uh, for Southern Miss. And we'll see what the NFL protocols are. I know some states are allowing uh, fans to go to games. And uh, I think the Vikings are uh, the Vikings have announced that they're going to have uh, fans at their first game. So we'll see what uh, every uh, NFL team decides to do. And there's it's going to be weird when you have some teams having fans there and some teams not. Of course, it's not going to be a full crowd. It'll be a... You know, no more than 20% filled with some of these stadiums. But uh, I'm very interested to see what it looks like and uh, interested to see what college football looks like tomorrow. Again, last night's game, South Alabama versus Southern Mississippi, uh, you know, based on the type of teams that they are, I mean, it looked like a regular game, to be honest with you, with the crowd that they had. And I know a lot of these uh, teams are selling out their stadiums. I mean, Memphis announced that their allotment of tickets to socially distance against Arkansas State tomorrow has been officially sold out. It's I think five thousand fans in the uh, in the Liberty Bowl, Coach. That's an interesting place. You ever been to the Liberty Bowl? Uh, no, I haven't been to Liberty Bowl uh, in Shreveport, Louisiana. Correct? No, the Liberty Bowl is in Memphis, Tennessee. In fact, it's oh, called Memphis, the, Tennessee. That's it's right. It's even called the right. the Liberty Bowl, the stadium. But they have a train that goes right through the parking lot. One of the main train tracks uh, in <laughs> Memphis goes in the middle of the parking lot. So. Uh, I remember when we went. To, we played Georgia in the uh, Liberty Bowl that year, and uh, we had to wait for the train to pass before we could unload our stuff from the buses to get to the locker room, which was kind of uh, a fun little adventure. But uh, yeah, the Liberty Bowl, nice little stadium out there in Memphis. They packed the place for the Tigers, coach. Yeah, I think I was thinking of the Independence Bowl uh, down there in Shreveport, Louisiana. You know, you know, one of the things I find really odd—it's going to be really strange—is Air Force. Air Force is going to play two games during the fall. They're going to play Navy and Army because of the Commander-in-Chief. Now, think about that. Now, tell me, is that not a competitive advantage for Air Force when they come back and play if the Mountain West Conference plays starting in January? Yeah, it seems kind of weird. Well, then you got these uh, these other conferences, like these FCS schools, that uh, their conferences shut down. But, like, if you had a game scheduled already as a non-conference game and they're paying you, you can still play that game. So there's a handful of FCS programs that are going to be playing two games in the fall to collect that check, and then they're going to shut the thing down, and then they're not going to start again till the spring. I mean, that's that's a very interesting uh, concept as well. I think the, uh, the, the Air Force one's more interesting just because they're going to play Army and Navy, and then they're going right. to just wait and, uh, and then play the regular season in the spring. I can't imagine playing any type of game in Colorado, spring, in Colorado Springs in February, uh, March, or uh, even January. I don't know how that's going to work. In fact, I think the Mountain West is probably the most hosed out of any of these conferences in terms of weather and playing in the uh, early months of the year in January, February, and March. Laramie, Wyoming in February? Are you kidding me, Coach? No, thank you. <laughs> hey, Raiden, tomorrow we've got six games. Eastern Kentucky taking on Marshall, Middle Tennessee, uh, going against uh, Army, SMU taking on Texas State. You'll probably be watching that game because TCU, don't they play SMU here real quick? That's right. I'll be doing my own scouting report uh, when I'm doing the uh, pre- and post-game show. I'll have SMU at Texas State on because the uh, Horn Frogs of TCU will be taking on SMU next Friday, a week from today, Coach. TCU kicks off. They're going to have uh, 12,000 people allotment, or, or uh, 12%. No, maybe it's 12%. 12% of their uh, facility will be open to the fans, and I'm, I'm curious to see what a TCU game looks like. I guess the students will be allowed to go, and the uh, suite holders will be allowed to go. But uh, very interesting to see that uh, next Friday night at 6 o'clock. I'm looking forward to it. And Houston Baptist will take on the Mean Green in North Texas. Arkansas State taking on Memphis tomorrow. And Stephen F. Austin traveling to UTEP. I'll tell you, the best game 
is on Labor Day at 5 o'clock. It's going to be BYU going against Navy. I'm going to try to watch that one. That should be a pretty good game, I would think. You'll be watching that while uh, doing your fantasy draft and got the Padres on. There'll be some serious multitasking for you, Coach. But I'm, I'll be doing the same thing. I'll be watching that game. BYU at Navy should be a good one. Really looking forward to SMU-Texas State tomorrow. I'll be watching that. Mid-Tennessee at Army should be good tomorrow as well. Uh, you got a full slate of uh, college games tomorrow, uh, tomorrow afternoon and evening from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. if you want to get uh, some college football fix going for you. And uh, I wouldn't mind watching the North Texas Mean Green. I like watching that team from Denton uh, compete every once in a while, especially since, was it last year or two years ago, where they ran that fake punt against Arkansas? The guy pretended that he uh, called for a fair catch, and he didn't actually call for a fair catch, and Arkansas started walking off the field, and they busted it for a touchdown. It was awesome. Hey, uh, you know, one thing we haven't talked about, and and I'd like to get your uh, take on this, and even our fans out there, because, you know, I know everybody's uh, dialed into Padre baseball, and, you know, we talk a lot of baseball on this program, and, you know, we'll we'll obviously talk football, and we talk basketball, and we're going to get a hockey update on the playoffs. we got two great Game 7s coming up tonight, and uh, the one uh, I would hope the San Diego and Thatcher Demko is going to be in goal for the Canucks, since he's been so fantastic the last two games, but... You know, one of the things that kind of went under the radar because we haven't been talking a lot about the NFL because there haven't been any preseason games. But ESPN, you know, they moved out Joe Tessitore and uh, Booger McFarland, and they brought in Steve Levy, Brian Greasy, and Lewis Riddick uh, to be the three announcers on uh, Monday Night Football. Any thoughts on that? I like the Lewis, uh, Lewis Riddick move. I think he's done a phenomenal job, and I like him as a uh, color commentator and uh, an analyst role. Uh, I think he does a really good job. Uh, but Levy and, and Greasy, to me, I mean, every time I hear them, it's it's the same thing as listening to Tessitore and Booger McFarlane. I just, I've just i listened to them so many times in big college games that it's going to be weird to hear them doing Monday Night Football. And I thought the same thing when Sean McDonough uh, did Monday Night Football for that one year or year and a half or two years or whatever it was. I mean, I just kept thinking it was a college game. Same thing with Tessitore and uh, Booger McFarlane. I was sitting there like, these are two college guys that I'm used to, and I I don't know. I just it's something to get used to for sure. I like the uh, the old days of Tarico and Gruden, obviously, but I uh, haven't uh, been able to hear them a hand, uh, in in the years because of uh, Gruden going to the NFL as a head coach, and then of course Tarico going to NBC. Um, I like the Sunday Night Crew the best. I mean, the Monday Night Crew with uh, Steve Levy. I mean, I don't mind Steve Levy doing play by play of uh, you know football or the NFL. It's just I I just feel like it's going to be uh, a little bit of an adjustment period since I'm so used to him doing college games on a Saturday morning, uh, watching uh, you know Iowa play uh, Michigan State. Well, I think you bring up an interesting point, and I think you know Sean McDonough. Maybe, uh, you know, I don't want to say pigeonholed in college football, but, you know, I think we hear him on, on those big games uh, uh, down in the SEC on Saturday. You know, he does a great, great broadcaster, tremendous broadcaster. And then you have a guy like Joe Tessitore, who I think is a very good broadcaster. I don't think he fit in the NFL. And, and maybe we stereotype these uh, broadcasters a little bit too much, but, you know, Steve Levy has done hockey, he's done college football. I think this is a great break for him. He's been a loyal guy to ESPN. And I think he, he does a solid job. He's not going to you know, be Al Michaels or uh, Dick Enberg calling a game. But I think he'll do a good job of setting up Brian Greasy and Lewis Riddick. And I, I agree with you. I think Riddick is really good. I enjoy his analysis. Uh, he's worked in the front office. And I really think 
Uh, he may only be in the broadcast booth for a year or two. I think he's going to end up being a general manager of an NFL team. I think he's a really bright guy. Yeah, I love his takes as a football guy, as a football coach, uh, somebody that you now talks X's and O's a lot uh, and knows a lot about football. I like listening to Riddick. I think he is uh, he does a phenomenal job uh, as an analyst in uh, a lot of different roles, not only calling games but uh, even in the studio. Uh, and, I, yeah, like you said, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets picked up uh, to be a general manager one day. We saw a couple of guys go from the booth, uh, former players go from the booth to the general manager uh, spot, and, uh, you know, John Lynch has had a lot of success doing that as well. Uh-huh. So love to see Louis Rita get, uh, get the opportunity if he wants it, and I'm looking forward to Monday Night Football with Louis, uh, Louis Riddick on it. Um, my favorite uh, color commentator uh, ever is, uh, has always been Mike Mayock. Of course, he's a little preoccupied uh, being the Raiders general manager, but uh, – you know what? I, I'm, not, I'm looking forward to the games. I like Steve Levy, too. It's just going to be an adjustment period, like I said. I think he does a really good job with college football. I think he does a good job with hockey. Um, and, uh, you know, like you said, he's been very loyal to ESPN um, and has, has stuck through the, the thin, thick and thin over there uh, in Bristol, uh, Connecticut. So looking forward to uh, some more football, Coach. I think that's the best part is we got football coming back. We've got all the cuts coming down in the NFL. Those uh, rosters are due at 4 o'clock tomorrow. Uh, i got to get ready for a fantasy football draft. And next Thursday, Texans and Chiefs. Uh, that's going to be fun. Hey, Braden, i got a little news for you, and you might be pretty excited about this. Uh, you were talking about how the Sunday night game with Al Michaels and, and Collinsworth is your favorite broadcast, right? Uh, I like uh, I like that crew uh, in terms of just in big games. I really like Al Michaels on uh, Sunday night football. I'm not the biggest Collinsworth fan in terms of being the analyst, okay. but uh, I do like the Sunday night football broadcast. It just means it just feels like a big big game when they are on. And I would agree with that. And normally it's uh, Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth, and Michelle Tafoya, who, by the way, will be sitting in the stands this year. No on-field broadcasters this year. But I got a little uh, present for you. You're talking about Mike Tirico. Mike Tirico is going to do a few selected games to limit Al Michaels' travel. So we're going to hear Mike Tirico uh, and uh, Chris Collinsworth uh, at some point. I think it might be about as early as week three. And you got, hey, you got Tony Dungy uh, doing some uh, Notre Dame games this year as well, Coach. That's going to be fun. Oh, I didn't see that. That'll be kind of fun. He's a great guy. Yeah, so I guess uh, adding to the NBC crew, it sounds like Doug Flutie will do a handful of games, but uh, they're also going to have Tony Dungy doing some games with Mike Tirico since the NBC has the uh, broadcast rights to Notre Dame, and they always put on a really good production uh, for Notre Dame. I mean, they have the guy that hosts the uh, studio. He's a studio host for all the hockey events. I forget his name, but he does the uh, the pre and post uh, for uh, Notre Dame on NBC. Mike Tirico's been calling a lot of games for Notre Dame, and to have uh, Tony Dungy as an analyst in uh, that role as well for college, I think it would be very uh, fun to, to watch and to, to listen to as well, especially since uh, Notre Dame's in the ACC this year, Coach. You're going to be seeing that ACC logo on the 25-yard line. It's going to look weird. <laughs> it's going to look real weird. And, and Brady, I'll be honest with you, I read the paper this morning. Uh, I know the Honor Bowl. I know you'll be coaching uh, uh, tonight or tomorrow up there at uh, Cathedral Catholic. And, uh, you know, this would be another Friday night. You and I would be out calling high school football games. And, and I can only hope that you and I are going to be uh, reunited in a high school uh, press box at some point in January. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I think it'd be a, I think we should uh, be able to do that. It'd be awesome. Get uh, high school football back on 97 through the fan and uh, it'd be interesting. I you know, I talking to my dad about, you know, doing high school football in, you know, the spring and you know, January in San Diego is not that bad of a month and neither is March, but that uh, the month of February is always really cold and cloudy and and rainy and drizzly and 
Yeah, being on a field on a Friday night doing with that is uh, not going to be something we're used to here in San Diego. We're used to having some pretty mild weather in the fall, especially for high school football. So uh, it's going to be weird when, uh, you know, you got a lot of night games at the beginning of the season and then you start getting a uh, little bit longer in the day throughout the playoffs. All of a sudden you got a kickoff where the uh, sun's still up uh, for uh, some of those games. And, you know, I was I was talking with the JV coaches at Cathedral and I was saying, hey, most of our games are probably going to be night games, right? I mean, we have 4.30 start. I mean, the half, half the game's going to be under the lights. And uh, if everything goes well and you have high school football in the spring, a great opportunity for uh, some of the younger teams like freshmen at JV that usually kick off at 3.30 or 4.30 to finish a lot of their games under the lights. I remember playing my first high school game under the lights at uh, freshman or JV level. It was always a cool experience. So these kids get to enjoy that hopefully in the springtime. Uh, Braden, uh, whenever I come out of the house heading to the uh, stadium on a Friday night, I always uh, look out there, and I like when it's dark. That way the lights can take full effect as I drive up to the stadium. I want it to be a little bit cool, uh, maybe a, <laughs> a little chill in the air. It's always fun and a great night for high school football. And, of course, we play some of the best high school football anywhere in the country. When we come back, we're going to get you caught up on the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs or bubble update, and we'll get back to more of your phone calls. We're going to 3 o'clock today. Our phone number, 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973. You're listening to the John Quintero Show only right here on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Uh, 224 going to the top of the hour. Gwen and Chris will have you up until Padre pregame tonight at 540. First pitch at 640. Zach Davies going for the Padres tonight against left-hander Jesus Lazardo. Got electric stuff. Padres going to have their work cut out for him tonight against Lazardo. He's a good young uh, uh, good-looking left-handed pitcher. Hey, I want to remind everyone you can win a $1,000 Living Spaces gift card from 97.3 The Fan in our latest Radio.com Download and Listen contest. Now, remember, it's going on only until September 7th, so download the Radio.com app, favorite 97.3 The Fan, and press play for your chance to win a $1,000 Living Spaces gift card. Go to the contest page on 97.3TheFanSD.com for more details. Celebrate life's moments in a home you love. Shop at Living Spaces. We're going to get to uh, out to the phone calls. We're going to also get you an NHL playoff bubble update. And uh, before we get out of here, we're going to talk about the Padres and their playoff chances before we get to uh, Hang a Star Play of the Day and to Gwen and Chris. But let's get right back to the phones. Again, if you'd like to weigh in, love to hear from you at 833 Brian in Normal Heights, thanks for waiting. You're on with Coach John Katera. Brian, welcome. How are you today? Doing well, Coach. Yourself, my friend. How you been? Uh, I'm doing uh, great. Uh, now, this used to be Brian and La Mesa, correct? Correct. Correct, my friend. All right. How's everything been going, uh, my friend? Great to have you on. Great to have you on. Good to, have you. Good to talk to you, Coach. Um, really love the moves that A.J. Peller made to address the club uh, so far the deadline. Uh, I think just picking up Clevenger alone would have made it an A-plus move, but uh, getting Mitch Moreland – Veteran left-handed uh, stick in the lineup out of the DH spot was a great move, and uh, no offense to uh, Austin Hedges, as you know from a personal standpoint, but I'm really glad they picked up Austin Nola. Um, he just wasn't uh, Austin Hedges wasn't hitting his weight. Him and Mejia were kind of a disappointment behind the plate, especially from the offensive standpoint. Nola's a guy that can not only hit for average, but he's got a little bit of pop as well. Um, I also love the fact that they picked up the, rel- they up the relief core. 
you know. But uh, the biggest move I thought they made was picking up uh, Clevenger because, you know, in a potential playoff series against the, you know, if you get into the uh, potential series against the Dodgers, uh, particularly in the National League uh, Championship Series, I didn't necessarily trust going with Paddock and Richards. So I think uh, having a guy like Clevenger at the top to kind of counter them was a, was a great uh, pickup as well. So I really like all the moves. I think they're hitting on all sellers. And what's really ironic, Coach, is that normally when I call you a year after we were talking Padres baseball from an offensive <laughs> standpoint, they're, they're towards the bottom of the pack. But this year it's like uh, they're, they're, leading, they're just a, a top in every single offensive category, which is great to see, you know. So I really love all the moves they made. Uh, this team's fun to watch. And uh, it's just a, it's a pleasant surprise to see him, uh, especially for uh, all the pop they have in the lineup this year. Uh, it's been fantastic. I'm waiting for Mitch Moreland to really uh, get rolling because he'll get on a hot streak and he'll start uh, launching a few long balls. You know, I was saying the other day, Brian, I don't know if you were listening to the program uh, earlier in the week, but I, I, I brought up, you know, if you were starting the playoffs, you're playing a two out of three right now. Clevenger, Lamed, and Davies are probably my three starters. I don't think I start yeah. Paddock in any of those three games the way he's pitched. Now, again, we still got 21 games to go. Chris still has, you know, probably four starts, and that can change. Injuries can come into play. But I think right now it would be Clevenger, Lamed, and Davies in a two out of three in that first round. I have to agree with you at this point. You know, Paddock, he developed a nice secondary pitch, and he's got really good stuff. It's just he, he has a tendency to, uh, to miss with location on occasion. And, uh, Garrett Richards, I've always been a huge fan of his, but it, you know, same thing with him. He misses the location as well. And uh, Lamette's been just uh, lights out the entire season. But uh, picking up a guy like Clevenger, him and Lamette, and like you said, Davies has been a pleasant surprise so far too. Um, I still think at this point you, you pretty much clearly have to pick the Dodgers as a clear-cut clear favorite. you know. But at least A.J. Priller addressed the needs, and at least going into a potential postseason matchup with them, I feel a little, a lot more comfortable to go with the uh, offensive firepower they have in the lineup uh, from the pitching standpoint as well at this point. Well, I'll put, I'll leave you with this, and I hope you have a great Labor Day holiday. Always great to hear from you. You know, if the Padres can get by the first round. I'll take my chances against the Dodgers in a, in a three out of five. A four out of seven, I may favor the Dodgers, but a three out of five, I think anything can happen, and hopefully uh, we get to that situation and we'll find out what will happen. But, Brian, thanks again. Always great to hear from you. Okay, let's see. get out to Rob and Rolando. You're next up with Coach John Quintero on 97.3 The Fan. Rob, how are you today? Great coach, great to talk to you again. Um, loved uh, Clevenger's start to the, just the poise, you know, the poise that he brings to the team and the five pitch mix. He'll be fine. He'll definitely be fine. Um, to answer your question about uh, Tatis, the way I see it, he's already leaving off. He's leaving off with one out already, you know. So we, it's it's imperative that we find a a guy to hit in front of him, and give him more fastballs. And he was hot when he was seeing those fastballs when Grisham was actually getting on. The guy that I think should be leading off of this team, although it's unconventional leading off of the catcher, should be Austin Nola. And I think that he's a grinder. He's a high, very high baseball IQ, and I think that he can get the job done. What do you think about that? I think that's a very interesting call, and I wouldn't rule that out. That 
that is not uh, out of left field. I think that's something that Jake Tingler may consider uh, because Austin Nolan knows how to play the game. You know, I don't know how well he runs. I know he came up uh, into professional baseball as a shortstop out of LSU and, you know, uh, languished down in the minor leagues forever trying to make it. And then, uh, you know, in 2017, I think somebody said, hey, you got to try to go behind the plate. And all of a sudden his career's taken off. He got to the big leagues last year, did a great job. I think hitting 269 for Seattle, doing a great job this year, hitting over 300. That's not that far out of uh, the realm of possibility. I don't know if they'll do it, but I bet you they've talked about it a little bit, Rob. Right. I mean, you you saw with Jason Kendall. I think even Real Muto has done it quite a few times. Also, Martin Biggio, before he turned into a second baseman, he did quite often. And they were all grinders, you know. They they don't give bat, that bats away, but you have a different mentality when you're leading off the game, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, the Padres, I know they lead the National League in stolen bases, uh, but they want a guy at the top of the lineup that can get on and set the table for uh, Tatis, Machado, Hosmer, and so forth. So that's not really that far-fetched of an idea. Good, Good baseball talk right there. Rob, I appreciate it. You got it, Coach. Have a great weekend, man. All right, you as well, my friend. I appreciate that phone call. Brain, let's uh, real quickly, let's get to our NHL uh, Stanley Cup playoff bubble update. Philadelphia's own right point shot, breaking his stick on that. Was Scott Mayfield in Philadelphia, headed the other way. Mayfield without a stick. Kevin Hayes weaves his way in to the left circle, forced behind the net. A centering pass coming in late. Here's the shot. They score! Ivan Provorov ends it! He goes far down, and the Flyers, for the first time in their history, have won three overtime games in the same playoff series. There will be a Game 7 on Saturday. There will be a Game 7 on Saturday as the Flyers win it in double overtime over the New York Islanders 5-4, to force Game 7 tomorrow night. Yeah, I gotta I'll tell you, I thought the Islanders would close it out last night. I mean, they badly outshot the Philadelphia Flyers. They just couldn't get another one uh, uh, past the netminder. And I watched the end of that game. It was a heck of a game. They were going up and down, and both teams were just laying it on the line. But uh, the Flyers have forced the game seven, and we'll see what happens tomorrow. Huge into the Vegas zone. Delays goes through the middle for JT Miller. He'll drive to the right boards, then double back to the point. Miller, left circle for Hughes with a slap shot. He scores! Quinn Hughes rips it off the post and in past Robin Leonard, his second of the playoffs, and it's 3-0 Vancouver, 8-16 into the third period. And Vancouver goes on to beat the Las Vegas Knights 4-0 yesterday. They forced game seven, which will go on later today at 6 o'clock. Thatcher Demko, San Diego's own, put a, a shutout last night, and it's really been a big spark to the Canucks run to make it Game 7. Tremendous effort by the San Diego Demko, and hopefully he's got one more a magic trick tonight. That, that, that's a, already a great story. It'll be an amazing story if they can close it out tonight. The Canucks against the red-hot Vegas Golden Knights. Dallas Stars and the Colorado Avalanche are currently in the second period in their Game 7. That game got underway at 1 o'clock on the USA Network. Colorado has a 3-2 lead on the Dallas Stars with 5.09 remaining in the second period. Coach, how do you think that one's going to finish? 
Well, I kind of like the Avs going in, and they got off to such a slow start. They fell behind three games to one. And again, Braden, this is the first time uh, the uh, Avalanche uh, may have an opportunity to come back all the way from a 3-1 deficit in their franchise history. They, they put a lot of pressure on the opposing netminder. It doesn't matter who they play. They can score. The problem is sometimes they give up uh, uh, counterattacks, and that's what gets them in trouble. But they're playing really well right now at both uh, ends of the ice. Vancouver and Vegas, the number five seed of Vancouver Canucks, led by their goalie Thatcher Demko in the last couple games, will play game seven at six o'clock. Here's San Diego's own Thatcher Demko talking about being excited for game seven. Oh, it's hockey, right? That's the best part. You know, it's, uh, it's the best sport in the world for this reason. You know, there's uh, a lot of up and downs and, um, you know, guys in, in our room and in this sport have a lot of character and, um, you know, backs against the wall and, and guys are stepping up. So, um, you know, job's not done yet. It's great, great job tonight. Great job last night or two nights ago, but uh, we're focusing on tomorrow. And hopefully Thatcher gets the start, and uh, I'll be watching that tonight while watching the uh, A's and the Padres, Coach. That's going to be a good one, no question about it. A lot of good stuff. Uh, like I said earlier, you got 20 baseball games. you got five doubleheaders today. Uh, we've got uh, six football games tomorrow. we got two NBA playoff games tonight, two game sevens today, one uh, already almost at the end of the uh, second period in that uh, uh, Dallas-Colorado uh, uh, series. And, and then we got the Kentucky Derby. I mean, if you're a sports fan, you can't figure out what you want to watch. Uh, shame on you. you got to spend some family time out there. There's no question. I'm going to definitely do that this weekend. But plenty of time to watch some great sporting events. When we come back, we're going to get to more of your phone calls at 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973. Also, when we come back, what is the state of the Padres with 21 games to go in the 2020 season? We'll share that with you as well as the John Cantera Show rolls on to the top of the hour. And Gwen and Chris right here on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Uh, working our way towards the top of the hour with Gwen and Chris. They'll have you till 540 in our Padre pregame show brought to you by Geico. Looking forward to Padre baseball tonight. Of course, all the games right here on 97.3 The Fan. Also, I want to remind everyone to download the Radio.com app so that you can stream 97.3 The Fan on your mobile phone or your tablet. You can listen live or use the rewind feature and go back and hear anything you miss from your favorite show. Thanks for listening to San Diego's number one sports station. 97.3 The Fan. We're going to get uh, back into talking about the Padres and where they go the final 21 games of the year, but I want to get out to Mark in San Diego. Mark, your next up with Coach John Cantero on a Friday. I uh, hope you have a great Labor Day. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Coach? Uh, doing really well. Looking forward to a big weekend uh, uh, with the family and watching a lot of sports. You better stay cool. <laughs> oh, I know. That's, so I that's the key. Yes, I got a couple of things to say. Uh, as far as Clevenger, I thought for him, now that's for him, he was like at B minus. But that's telling you what I think of him. He was right. his, he even said it himself, you know, he just couldn't locate. Uh, he went over it yesterday. You heard it. Uh, you know, he's got all those wonderful big time pitches. And so, uh, just think how good he He only gave up two runs, and he was, I thought, considerably off his norm. You take an average major league pitcher, they're giving up four and five runs. 
in that sixth inning. That's the difference. He can be off and still keep you in the game. And you know what? I think that's fair. And I think more times than not, uh, you see a Padres starting pitcher, whether it be Clevenger, Lamette, Paddock, Davies, so on and so forth. You go six innings and give up two runs with this Padre lineup. More times than not, you're going to walk away with a W. Absolutely. Now I've got something to say about uh, uh, Tatis. I thought all along, even when they took him out and put him in a different position, you know, because you got the classic, you got, you'll have more runners on base. That sounds good on the surface, and that's classical. But I always thought he, for this team, he's the leadoff hitter. He's the spark. He's the Ricky Henderson. The guy has a tendency, a knack in his genes to hit leadoff home runs. You know, just the way Ricky Henderson does. He said, in fact, he hit. He's hit like what three or four in the half the games he's only played half the games in the first spot and to add to that i think because ice water not every rookie is the same the true a veteran is normally the one in the second spot but they've been saying all along the attitude of cronenworth i think he'll take it on as a challenge to put him in the two spot and then you have a hitter that's hitting like George Brett in the second spot. And then just they're going to put up some crooked numbers with those two guys at the top of the lineup setting the table for the rest of that batting crew. I really believe that. And, Mark, here's my take on Cronenworth. And we've seen him hit number two this year, and I don't really have a big problem with it. But I will tell you, he's doing a great job where he's at right now. And how much do we really want to put on this rookie's plate? I mean, he's having a magnificent year. Nobody, including Cronenworth, could have thought he'd be hitting, you know, right around uh, 340 to 350, and he was up to over 360 there for a period of time. I just don't know how much you want to put on this kid's plate. I think you move him up there. Now maybe he changes his mindset. I'd rather see him hit, you know, fifth where he's at or sixth and, and just kind of do what he's doing. I hear that. I think that's where the roll of the dice is because we would like his back there with what you're saying. You just don't think he's maybe quite ready for it because of the major league experience. But the bat is ready, you know, if he did the same thing that he's doing in the sixth hole. Obviously, yeah, he'd want to have a job. Second, I mean, Jake will start Pardon? tonight in. Uh, I was going to say, uh, Jake will start tonight up in Oakland. I assume he'll be in the lineup, even though it's a left-hand uh, pitcher. Uh, he uh, won for three yesterday, still hitting a cool 346. Hey, Mark, thanks so much for the phone call. Really enjoyed the chat. Thank you. Thank you, Coach. Have a good weekend. Or you as well, and want to wish everyone a great weekend out there. We've got a few minutes left to go, and I want to get to this because Braden put together a lot of good info on this. And, again, 21 games to go. You know, where are the Padres going to go in the final 21 games of this 2020 season, a crazy 20 uh, season with the pandemic and everything? And, and Braden, a lot of numbers right now are favoring our San Diego Padres moving forward. That's right, Coach. Uh, Padres currently have a 97.6% chance of making the postseason. 
Uh, that being said, only a .3% chance of winning the division. That's just how good the Dodgers are. Uh, 43.5% chance of making it to the NLDS. That means they win their first round game. 16.2% chance of making it to the NLCS. 5.1% chance of winning the pennant and making it to the World Series. And a 1.9% chance of winning the 2020 World Series. And obviously the odds are very difficult because the entire path of the Padres has to go through the Los Angeles Dodgers as they are the best team in the uh, number two spot, and the Dodgers are the best team in the number one spot. That's how the playoffs uh, will seed themselves. Um, expected final record for the Padres right now is 33-27. and 27. Um, Based on their math calculations, the best-case scenario for the Padres is finishing the year 37-23, and 23, and their worst-case scenario is a 30-30 and 30 record um, based on only being the fifth percentile of the predictions that they're doing. Uh, in terms of Hunt for October, uh, if the season ended today, the Padres would be hosting the Phillies in the first round of the playoffs since the bubble hasn't officially been uh, mid-made official yet. As the uh, Padres are 23-16, and 16, they'd have the four-seed facing the five-seed Phillies. Uh, Cubs and Cardinals would play each other in the first round as the three and the six. Braves and Marlins, the two-seven matchup, and Dodgers and Rockies, the one-eight matchup. Currently, the lowest magic number is the Los Angeles Dodgers. It's 13 uh, to make the playoffs. The Padres' magic number is 19. In the National League, the first three teams that are out of the playoffs, potentially Giants, Brewers, and Mets. Giants and Brewers are only a half game out of a playoff spot behind the Colorado Rockies. The New York Mets only one and a half games out of a playoff spot behind the Colorado Rockies. On the American League side, number one seeded Rays currently lead the uh, American League. Their magic number is 18. If the season ended today, they'd be playing the eight seeded Blue Jays. The White Sox would be hosting the Astros in the 4-5 matchup. Indians would be hosting the Yankees in the 3-6. And the A's would be hosting the Twins in the 2-7. Don't count out the Tigers, Orioles, or Mariners just yet. Tigers are two games out of a playoff spot. Orioles are four, and the Mariners are five and a half. And that's a quick look at your uh, hunt for October, Coach. A lot to digest there, but uh, it's fun talking about the Padres being in a playoff spot. Uh, Braden, they said they're the best record uh, they thought the Padres could come up with and muster would be 37-23, and 23, but they were projected to finish at 33-27? and 27. Uh, Correct. You know, I would be a little disappointed if they finished at 33-27. and 27. To this point, this team has played better than that record would uh, show and i again i know they're they're going tonight they got a 23 and 16 record and um you know they've got uh, they've done well against uh the american league west you you realize that the Padres? i saw this this morning and i couldn't believe it you know that the padres are only 14 and 13 in in divisional play this year that, that shocked me a little bit that, that shocked me they're only one game over 500 in the division so far this year that wasn't shocking to me just because they did all their damage against the Rangers and the Astros. I mean, they went 7-0 and against the Rangers and the Astros, and uh, their their uh, record against the American League is ridiculous, and that's a big boost, uh, reason why the Padres' record is 23-16. and uh, But if you look at – you start breaking it down, I mean, every one of their – um, you know, games that they've played within the division has been competitive. I mean, you can't even like count out the Arizona Diamondbacks because the Padres getting swept by Arizona in that three-game series, the last three games that they played against the Diamondbacks, they went from dominating the Diamondbacks in 2020 to now having a 5-5 five and five record uh, when the season's all finished. And then again against the Dodgers, they're 3-4. and four. Uh, They just got a winning record against the Rockies uh, with them taking three out of four in Colorado, but it's only up by one game. They're 4-3 and three against Colorado. And then they got a lot of games left against the Giants who continue to play pretty good baseball right now and they're two and one against the Giants. So I mean 
division games are always very tough, not only for the Padres, but for teams in general. And, you know, they're playing around 500 ball against the, uh, you know, against the division. But uh, the good news for the Padres is they're dominating the American League West. I mean, the Padres right now are in, in good shape. They'd have to really, the wheels would have to come off the wagon for them not to make the playoffs at this point in time. But you got two other teams in our division right now. The Rockies, if we were playing today in the playoffs, the Rockies would get in being one game under 500, and the Giants are right behind the Rockies. I mean, realistically, if those two teams could win a few ball games, they could get in. We could have four teams from the National League West in the first round of the playoffs. I know. I was saying that like a month ago because I thought the National League West was playing a lot better than other divisions, and, uh, you know, it's not that far behind. If the Giants play some good baseball down the stretch and the Rockies can hold off the Marlins who are playing 500 ball, uh, they should be able to have uh, – I would be surprised if you have the Giants and Rockies in the playoffs this year with the Padres and Dodgers because, I mean, the other divisions haven't been doing very well. I mean, the Marlins are playing 500 ball. That's about it. Uh, the Brewers have been scuffling down the stretch. We uh, all know about the uh, world-class Mets over there in New York. Uh, I think the Giants and the Rockies have a real good chance of being the 7 and 8 seeds. And I'd love to see the Rockies get the 7 seed and the Giants get the 8 seed. And all of a sudden the Dodgers have to play a three-game series against a Giant team that has fared very well against the Dodgers this year. In fact, they fared just as well as the Padres have had. The Dodgers have struggled with the Padres and the Giants in terms of overall record against the two teams. Again, I think they're 4-3 and three against both those teams so far this season as the Giants and Padres have held their own. I don't know what it is. Uh, but, uh, you know, when you get a rivalry like Dodgers and Giants, it doesn't really matter what the, uh, the the records are. It's one of those cliche matchups of throw the records out because you never know what you're going to get. And uh, is this, you know, the lack of talent the Giants have in comparison to how talented the Dodgers are, it's really quite remarkable how the Giants have really, uh, you know, given the Dodgers fits in 2020 and even last season for that matter. So I, I think it would be awesome to see the Giants rough up the Dodgers maybe in the first round, force them to play three games, and if the Padres can make it to the first round, you know, going against the Dodgers team that, uh, you know, just had to battle it out with the Giants or even playing the Giants in the second round. You never know. I mean, the Giants could take two out of three from the Dodgers. I mean, that would be that'd be the biggest failure, I think, in all of sports if the Dodgers don't lose an entire series in the regular season and then take, lose two or three to the Giants in the first round of the playoffs. But, you know, I don't think a lot of people in San Diego would be that upset about it. Anything can happen in a, a three-game series. Hey, I want to remind everyone, all guests on the John Contero Show come via the SDCCU Fan Hotline. SDCCU Online and Mobile Banking lets you do your banking from your smartphone. Messages and data rates may apply. For details, visit SDCCU.com. Let's get to today's very special Hang of Star Play of the Day. What play separated the winners from the losers? It's time for the Hang a Star play of the day. You can hang a star on that, baby. A 97.3 The Fan. Stanley Cup playoff victory two nights ago. 48 stops for his first Stanley Cup playoff turnout. Have his game seventh sound tomorrow night here in Edmonton. star play of the day on the John Cantera show on 97.3 the fan with their backs against the wall and their starting goalie going down with an injury San Diego's own Thatcher Demko steps up and saves 90 of 91 shots by the Las Vegas Golden Knights and he has forced game seven with his uh, buddies up there in Vancouver and uh, they'll be playing game seven tonight at six o'clock and looking forward to uh, watching that coach the San Diego boy see if they can uh, Knock down the best team in hockey right now in the Las Vegas Golden Knights. 
You know what I was really happy about last night? Because I watched the game. I watched his interview after the game. And then I turned on the local news. And all the local stations did a very nice job of, uh, you know, talking about him. And uh, I'm sure uh, he wins tonight. Next week, a lot of those TV guys will be out there trying to do one-on-one type stories on Zoom and, and tell the Thatcher Demko uh, story. Because it's a really a great story of a kid uh, really uh, persevering, I think, more than anything else. Yeah. He, I mean, he took the Boston College uh, Golden Eagles to the Frozen Four his freshman year of college. So wouldn't be surprised if he uh, does some damage here for the Vancouver Canucks. Hopefully he gets to start tonight, and I'll be uh, tuned in watching my uh, uh, my uh, Little League teammate playing in the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. That's great. Well, hey, Brayden, have a great weekend. I'll look forward to visiting with you tomorrow night on the postgame show. Sounds good, Coach. Looking forward to it. All right. Uh, I want to thank everyone for tuning in, calling in, and uh, thanks to uh, Greg Garcia, Padre second baseman, utility man, joining us, Martin Gallegos, who uh, covers the Oakland A's, uh, gave us a nice scouting report. I want to wish everyone a very, very happy and safe and healthy Labor Day weekend. I'll be back in with Braden on Tuesday. For Braden Soprano, Coach John Kinteric, winning Chris coming up next. Have a great weekend, everyone. Bye-bye. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.